0: The fantastic and flexible new Westport Library presents Oh Brother, Not Another Podcast, with
1: me, Trace Burroughs. And me, Migs Burroughs. And our guests today are Mary Himes and Helen Klisser-During, uh, co-founders of Unload, um, which is a non-profit um, with a mission of creating conversations um, about good gun ownership and violence. Is that say it, or do you want to, would you like to, maybe you should give us a better definition of your mission?
2: Sure. Um, thank you, Migs and Trace, for inviting us to join you for the podcast. Um, Helen and I have been talking for a long time about American gun culture and um, how to sort of reduce violence. And both of us come from a world where the arts are really important at sort of driving social change. And so we thought about creating an art exhibition um And using the arts to try to drive conversation. So our actual mission is to use the arts to broaden um, in, to drive engagement and broaden the coalition of people who want to end gun violence. So we, we do arts events, whether they're exhibits or film screenings or um, spoken word. Um, we view conversation as an art form, so we host conversations. And the goal is to bring together, gun owners and gun safety advocates so we can learn to sort of understand each other to take the target off each other's backs and through greater understanding drive consensus and hopefully find solutions to our gun violence epidemic
1: yeah we both had the honor of being in one of those exhibits and pick up yeah. the pieces uh-huh. um so yeah it's a very powerful exhibit and art's a great way to start conversations but do you find it's reaching the right people? Because artists, you're preaching to the choir, but are, are how's that?
3: Well, that's our, our endeavor mm. is to reach gun owners, uh, to to really more than that, to make sure that everyone has a voice, and the exhibitions or performances. Uh, are really the excuse to bring people together uh, and making sure that we're not mute uh, as, as a public and giving pause to if it is a, a work of art if, it's, uh, if it is a, a piece of music or a dance performance or a film is to give pause and so our logo that you work so hard with us on is called uh, Look Listen, hold your fire, and if we take a moment to look um, and listen, uh, we might learn. and uh, And it's a really simple premise. And I think the, the 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 you know there's not enough time where we're listening. And uh, and I think once we listen, we we discover th- things that you might assume. The person with a t- totally different point of view from you, in fact, y- you might be both concerned about the same issue. And with gun ownership, it's really about safety. So, if the word safety is used, you know, how do you make America a safer place? And yeah. it's those conversations that, you know, you sort of make these discoveries that perhaps people have always known, but uh, people within the group of the conversation realize, ah, oh, um, it's it's about safety what is safe and learn more about those facts and we just had a great example with JR uh, video he was a street artist who worked with Time magazine last fall and it was called JR times time guns in America it's the great debate 245 different points of view really debating about the gun issue in America with and uh, that I think having your own conversations, which we did, around the, the, that video and round tables, we could get teachers and hunters and doctors and Republicans and Democrats together on the same platform.
2: And I would say, too, um, that like one thing that keeps me totally passionate about this project is that nobody else is trying to do this, right? There's tons of gun safety organizations, and then there's the NRA, or on the state level, um, the CCDL, for example, the Connecticut Citizens' Defense League, which are very pro-Second Amendment rights organizations. Um, so nobody else is really trying to get the two sides together for dialogue. And and we are... It's hard. It's a really hard work. It's hard to find gun owners who are Brave enough or well, or open enough to sort of sit down with a gun safety advocate. We have had some successes though. So, we've we did an event um, up at the up in New Haven at the Ely Center for Contemporary Art, the exhibit you referenced. And um, Helen and Peter Van Heeren from the Quick Center um, pulled together an event with a veteran who did a spoken word performance that was extraordinary. Um, so hearing from veterans, you know is, is critical because they know guns and, and have ideas about civilian use of military style weapons that is very um, profound. Um, I would say the same about ER doctors, and we've done a couple events with ER doctors and hearing from them, you know like what, what is gun ownership and the implications of that mean? when you're sitting in an ER room or standing in an ER room with blood on the floor and trying to save someone's life. Um, So, you know, we're trying to hear more from them as well. And I can also say, you know, I could use a bunch of examples, but um, I've had conversations now with a couple of gun owners, one via email and one face-to-face. We have an ongoing dialogue and they're like serious gun owners. And we're really getting into the nitty gritty of like trying to understand each other not trying to change minds but really trying to understand like where are you coming from you know um and it's been really powerful and i'm trying to we're trying to really grow that effort because that's how we make change do
0: you ever get any like extreme people emailing you like with hate you know not yet because they don't they don't understand you
2: you know it's funny not yet i mean the people who the gun owners who have approached me have been grateful. Honestly, yeah. they're like, thank you for making me feel welcomed into the conversation. Mm.
3: But we've had tips, too, from friends that might t- happy to support Unload, but also hunters and giving tips like, look, you need to make sure that if you're a gun owner, you don't feel like you're the only one in the gallery space you know, that is a gun owner, you, you don't want, you know, everything against you. So we're very sensitive to that, too, just sort of treading that middle line.
2: And um, yeah, and if this, this person, I'm not going to say his name, because I don't know if he's okay <laughs> with it. But um, he shared with me that he said, well, when you guys meaning gun safety advocates, when you say, we need common sense gun reform, he said, gun owners hear that as you're telling us we're stupid.
1: Oh, common sense, opposite of common sense. Yeah, so
2: we need to be oh, thoughtful. Word, perfect word. Yeah, we need thing. to be thoughtful about how mm. the words resonate with people with whom we disagree. Because they used to call you know? the
0: whole gun safety thing gun control, and then they realized yeah. that yeah. was a bad term because right. they're afraid we're, you're controlling Yeah, Now, maybe we don't guns. care.
2: We're like, common sense has a meaning, and it's common sense, and... You know, but it's something to Ooh, consider.
0: I, I mean, I understand what that means. You're trying to just talk about like we're not trying to go extreme. We're just talking yes. a certain sensible, sensible or, ideas to bring down the violence. And they're taking it as you're talking down. Yes, the yeah. But does but anybody I'm,
1: stand up and say I'm not for gun safety? I mean, how, who's against gun safety? Yeah, I mean that sounds. I know, mean, that that sounds, I know it mind. sounds like a very. But maybe it's because nobody grasps the, what that means. It's really,
3: changing the Second Amendment. That's what they
1: that's how they see it because safety. I mean that's like saying, oh, you yeah. know, Look, don't we all want to protect children? No, I don't. I don't want to protect <laughs> right, children. This going to stand okay. up listen, and say that. No, listen,
3: the NRA has a great, you know, gun safety class. We mm. we took it. Yeah, we I did t- it. I took did. it as a
1: teenager, yeah. I was an, I was yeah. a member of the NRA so that, when so I was like 13. You were? Yeah. Well, I had to be. Now you're telling when me
2: when I went. <laughs> <laughs> Bit. so that is was in that. your cupboard? <laughs> when I went to
1: YMCA camp and I was 13 and I wanted to join the rifle club or shoot on the rifle range, and they said, you ought to join the NRA first and take their little safety class. Yes. So you know, this was it was they had no political lobby or strength. Back then, then. it was right. all it about was gun safety. safety. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was a card-carrying NRA member for right. a year or two. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> how old is your brother? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but but uh, and they still will have your fingerprints. No, we literally, Mary and I just
2: finished. Oh, uh, did you? Uh, you? know, we a, did a pistol uh, permit oh, class. Yeah. And oh. we passed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. And as a way to do you know how to shoot pistols. Yes. How about you? Oh yes. And actually. Helen was very good. I, I, oh, top mark in the class. She did. So, oh. but,
1: so you yeah. could. So, in that respect, you could also understand the appeal. I mean, there's the appeal of competitiveness. There's the appeal of, of being a good marksman and mm-hmm. all that focus, mind, body control. I mean, so there is that physical Absolutely. appeal of it, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't enjoy yeah. shooting guns, but I get that. Like, right. I could see if, if. You and like being indoors gun. in a windowless space and shooting at a target. Like if that's fun yeah. for you, I'm. But I, I wouldn't no want problem. a gun.
3: And mm-hmm. um, But I thought you know, and, and and we think that it was very important to know. You know, what a what a pistol sure, looks like, yeah. how to load a so pistol, could, what we're talking about. Yes. You know what, or revolver. Um, and nice. it's you know all I mean to be knowledgeable, and I think bottom line, the the, the more you know
2: the better chances there are to sort of progress and to mm-hmm. go move forward. Well, and so yeah. for example, my takeaway from taking this Bristol Permit class, and I talked to the instructor and I I have to say he didn't disagree with me, was that basically you do an, a couple hours in the morning of you study in a with you know, you you study from a book, and you take an open book test, which is I mean it's open book, right? So you're not gonna mm-hmm. fail. And then you shoot in the range I don't know, how many rounds did we shoot? 30? Like, not a lot. You don't shoot a lot. And then you, can, you have a certificate, and you can if you pass the background check, you can be a gun owner. And that lack of real Dang. training on gun use, safe gun use, is, is horrible. It's something that we should create a law to address. And I think on, he even said, the, the instructor, he didn't disagree with me, you know, the fact that you get this certificate, it's in a day, you mm. shoot a couple of yeah. times and then you're able to own a gun for self-protection is absurd. It's frightening. It's, frightening. it's yeah. really wrong. But,
0: and then there's all those other things like, you know, importing guns from other states or out of the, you know, all that importation yes. of dr- guns and um, right. that needs to be controlled and there's so many aspects to to
2: But most of the gun owners can... I've spoken to all say, yeah, we need universal background checks. Yeah, yeah. And think, which would address, yeah. you know, the iron pipeline as they call it, bringing, buying them in South Carolina, driving them up 95, and selling them illegally in Connecticut.
0: It seems like um, the politics though is going in the direction that you, we, you wanted to, right? With, I mean, we're hoping, but it looks like at least not
2: in the Senate. <laughs> not in the Senate, oh, right? In in the, on the we'll, federal well, level, well, maybe this yeah. time,
0: maybe Senate. Huh? You and never then, know. You then, don't then, think so? so? And then, then it is very gonna and there's chance
2: of that. I don't know. And then it's
3: extraordinarily difficult to really for anyone to have a dialogue with the NRA. I mean, you know, if there was another lobby called the National Gun Safety Association, you know, NGSA, you know, that would be a stronger lo- a, a lobby, but now you've got the NRA and and you've got many smaller groups like our own. But um, There's no but foundations no, I would pay no for, like, big, this lobby. There, there's like, no big lobby got, unless you have like a, great idea. A, a health insurance or something behind mm. you to really have a lobby. And I think, you know, just going back, we started Unload a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And that was right after the Las Vegas shooting. And, you know, Mary and I had been working very hard meeting with major museum curators, whether it was at the Aldridge or the Wadsworth or New Britain Museum or MoMA. You know, and then we were just devastated again with the shooting in Las Vegas. We thought, that's it. We're just going to bring up this exhibition, Guns in the Hands of Artists, which was in New Orleans, had been traveling to six states across the country for 20 years. We're just going to bring that up. We we jumped, arrived at Peter Von <laughs> doorstep at the quick center. And you know, had no choice but to say, look, let me try my best and speak to the gallery a museum director and and then bingo we had a show last year last May and that ran right through October where we did bring up that initial exhibition we had movement artists these amazing dancers from Las Vegas um, perform through that we had many school groups and conversations and from that we we really got going but it was you know the we're, we're learning every moment of the way and then working with neighborhood studios, partnering with the Westport Playhouse, uh, as Mary said earlier, uh, working with th- these amazing doctors in Hartford uh, with a gun buyback program, seeing the guns that come in, uh, about 150 weapons, you know, semi-assault weapons, all sorts of weapons that come off the street, no questions asked, having those decommissioned and, and cut into little pieces, and then put into, you know, giving giving those 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 pieces uh, to artists to make new work. So really, in that, uh, you know, to to keep the story going, to keep the conversation going.
0: I saw on your site uh, the gun buyback program. Was that is that part of your? It,
3: it, it started eight thing. years ago, and uh, and by two doctors, Dr. David Shapiro and Dr. Brandon Campbell. From both different hospitals in Hartford and Dr. Um, Campbell um, who's head of trauma he, you know, he's a hunter he's actually I think went to meet with the NRA but um, he's, you know, he's v- he at the same time is is perplexed by this senseless mm. carnage and violence and, and he's um,
2: a perfect example like it's our underlying belief that the majority of gun owners believe in things like universal background checks, um, funding research on gun violence, and safe storage, right? But that they're silent, and why are they silent? Yeah. Because they're, they haven't felt welcomed into the conversation, because they're a gun owner, right? And gun safety advocates often demonize gun own all gun owners, they sort of label them broadly, whereas we're trying to kind of look at it with a little more of a fine tooth comb and say, no, not all gun owners or Second Amendment absolutists. There's a huge range.
1: But the NRA Um, wants to be a monolithic. They don't want little fringe groups running around going, we believe in gun safety, right? Right. (laughs) Well,
2: now we'll see what happens with the NRA. They seem to be having some troubles at the moment. Yeah,
1: they're sort of imploding.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: But, I mean, hopefully we can kind of break apart that monopoly.
0: The gun buyback thing worked in Australia after they had that mass shooting in the 90s. What, what, what is the conflict with that? Why, why would people not be for that here? Because if you don't want to give your gun, you're a gun owner and you don't want to give it up, okay, but it seems well, like it would.
2: Yeah, I mean, we something. have a Second Amendment, yeah. which of course they don't have in Australia or New Zealand or Canada. Yeah. And, um, so that's a deterrent. And also, there are much different property rights. In this country, so you can't just take away someone's property. Isn't
0: that voluntary? The gun buyback is not a voluntary no, thing. No, in Australia,
2: I don't know, I don't know. that in it New Zealand was. we just had it this year after uh, the
3: Christchurch yeah. shooting, yeah. with 50, 51 people died yeah. in the mosque. And uh, Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister, I just saw something. You know, they had a, they allocated one hundred sixty five million dollars. For the gun buyback for semi-automatic weapons, mm-hmm. so it's not all weapons. It was right, the semi-automatic. Yeah. There was right. no reason for anyone, to, even though New Zealand's a big hunting, you know, farming community. You need guns, but no reason to have semi-automatics. So that those were immediately then you know
2: Con- part of this. Were co- they confiscated not, though, not, no, or was it gun a gun buyback? It was a, okay, a, a yeah. buyback program.
1: And what some people? <laughs> Question: You know, gun. Buy, I bring in a gun, you know, my grandfather's musket or something, it, yeah. and then I get money, and I could go out on the street and buy another thing on the street, right? I <laughs> so mean, the buyback that I mean, we
2: do, they don't give cash for oh, that reason. Oh, oh, okay, they give great. stop and shop gift cards, oh, okay, that's, yeah, that's or a, something like that. That's a good idea. Right? Yeah, so right. Right. Okay. you go and that buy food, said, not, yeah. Because
1: people have said, well, it's, if you're really a,
2: right, you know, an
1: illegal gun owner, you might as well just keep perpetuating.
2: Yeah.
0: I think one of the problems with all the gun organizations, um, um, which I've learned, because actually I was working with um, uh, f- Handgun Violent, one with Donna Dees, do you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I worked with her on the Concerts Across America oh, in yeah. 2016, um, is that you know they all have their different agendas, so it's really hard to get... Uh, you know, like one person doesn't want automatic weapons, but, I, you know, how many bullets you're allowed to have in a in a mag? You know, I, I personally, I don't think anyone needs a mag, but like um, some not say, well, 10 bullet mag or five is okay. So mm. where do you draw, where do they come together mm-hmm. on a consensus to approach this to politicians? So it's not so confusing because they're for this, this right. gun organization has that problem different going on. Yeah.
3: Chris, my what son, it, huh? Zach, who's 28, he said, oh, mom, have you listened to Chris Rock? And it was c- comedian, and uh, it was this whole thing on gun violence. But the funny part was, you know, it's okay, you keep your guns, but make bullets five thousand dollars oh yeah i heard that one and yeah. so it, you know then so then you're very careful as to who you wasted <laughs> yeah, yeah. that five thousand dollars you know <laughs> right. so but it was a yes it could there be a tax much like it was a tax on cigarettes or a tax a on bullets yes exactly <laughs> but maybe it's an old idea but to sort of refresh it and uh, but you know you do get into this debate you know it's a mental health issue or it's you know it's not the it's not the gun it's the person with the gun and i think it's Obviously, a very complex issue, but where unload, you know. I think as a, 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 a not-for-profit arts platform is that by using the arts, visual arts, performing arts, um, so many conversations take place, and and you're always picking up on, on, on I am and um, on on all these very subtle issues and then Mm -hmm. somehow can you navigate your way through and I and clearly I can't be alone and uh, but so it's just working as the host for these programs and collaborating with museums and galleries and collectives and I think with artists artists art often gives us the voice which isn't a hostile voice and there's no right or wrong; it's interpretation. So I think having using the arts gives us sort of that, uh, you know, this, that shield. But at the same time, well, it's a um,
1: you know, it's yeah, it's universal. I mean, it's sort of like if you got a bunch of people together and they all like pizza, then you can talk about the differences, but you're all sharing pizza. Let's say because yeah. yeah. everyone loves analogy. pizza, right? Oh, but you know, let's talk about so. Or you instantly you start off with a commonality. Um, so you don't feel, everyone doesn't feel so alien to one another. So that's why
2: we, we sort of try to stay away from specific conversations about legislation Mm. and try to get more into the underlying almost values. Like, what are the values driving a gun owner to be a Second Amendment absolutist? You know, that's a really interesting question. They have different ideas about the importance of sort of liberty and freedom, and they see it as personal responsibility. And we can all agree, I think that those are laudable values to hold. We we can disagree about how they implement those values. They choose to use a gun, right, to live out those values. But that's where I think you can have profound dialogue between the two sides as opposed to talking about, you know, universal background checks or safe storage laws where you're not really talking human to human yeah. in a deep way, you know? But Mm -hmm. we have a huge Mm -hmm. issue.
3: We have less than 400 million people in the States and we have just over 400 million guns. We have 35,000 or 36,000 deaths. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: 40,000
2: now. Two thirds are
3: suicides. Suicides. So the huge issue. It's not going away. Mm -hmm. So how can we as a nation address it? And clearly there's been an impasse. In the political realm. In the political realm. And, And I think that's what frustrates everyone.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's bleeding through the whole system and the <laughs> political differences, yeah. which unfortunately yeah, we don't need to go there. But <laughs> <dang it, laughs> <to laughs> you grew up with I mean, you've often taught t- you when I heard you speak a few times. You talk about your family being duck hunters, yeah. Right? And so you grew up with. But as a when you were a little girl, when you were first aware of guns, and did they scare you, or whether you comfortable around well, it's them funny my here.
2: mom is 91 and she's bedridden and I was just having this conversation with her and I said because we we had a farm we went to on the weekends and you know my dad and my brothers would do skeet shooting and you know over there on some part of the farm and um I said mom did you ever go and she said no I said were you invited and <laughs> she was like I just didn't want to go and so I was never invited I think it was oh, sort of a gender issue back yeah. then But I wasn't, I mean, I remember once my dad showing me this sort of engraved stock, I think it's called, on a long rifle. You know, it was engraved with ducks and dog. Mm. I mean, it was beautiful. And it had been his dad's and sort of passed down. But I wasn't, I mean, they were stored in a safe, you know, like, but I never went looking around for it. And I don't know why that is. It Mm. just wasn't a curiosity. But other kids, obviously... Are curious and want to play yeah. with them,
0: right? Yeah,
3: and you have the two <laughs> huge issues in the states where you have urban violence, and then you have this, 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 this since Columbine, right? Yeah, you know, young boy mm. trench coat mass shooting. Well, it, that, I mean, and
1: suicide, uh, and suicide. Uh, what's bizarre? I and mean, my son was like three years old, and there's nothing anything to do with guns in our house, culture, pictures, nothing. And he was too young to, we still can't figure it out to this day when we, my ex-wife and I had to talk about it. But we'd give him toast for breakfast and he'd take bites out of it to make a gun shape. He re- and then, you know, he wasn't, I mean, it was with a little happy face, and he was just like playing, and it was, wow. it was a gun, I mean, bang, bang, or whatever <laughs> noises he made, we go, where did he see a gun, how did he even, so the, you wonder if there's gen- genetically, yeah. whether it's a male thing that's built in about this. Power thing that starts that early—I don't know. It was very bizarre. Yeah. And, he, and he has no shape. interest in guns since, or you know. Huh.
3: But that shape—I remember seeing an exhibition at MoMA mm. by Case Oldenburg, and it started off with little shells and twigs, and then off oh, yeah. it went. You know, it was remember amazing. The glove the yeah, shape but just of the in it, yeah. it's just two fingers and the thumb is a trigger. I mean, that's what it looks like. Yeah. But it goes on. I did. I did the same thing with my two sons. We're like a no-gun house. You know, no, no mm. toy guns. Yeah. Of course, everybody gave us toy guns, left, right, and center. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's like, know, but I would have all these plastic toy guns then on top of the fridge. Uh, it, but you know, bananas are gun. It didn't right. matter. You know, mm. yeah, it's like it's cowboys and Indians. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shooting. And and then the, I got in trouble. Now since they've toy guns have to be brightly colored and all this stuff, but. uh when I went to
0: college. Do? The, I
2: don't think they do. Uh, no. No, they have like this tiny orange oh, cap right. oh, that you can barely see and they fall off.
0: That's what they do. Prop guns. You can buy a prop, any kind of these yes. guns, automatic oh, weapons for, oh, to, and they look, for film things. And yeah. I needed a gun for, I did a film thing and, and it looks like a real gun. I yeah. don't have guns. You know, real guns are never shot one, but, and it came with a little red, yeah oh, thing in a the end cat, like yeah, yeah just
2: you can
3: anything. have a good look at that if you watch netflix at two in the morning good <laughs> girls <laughs> okay yeah and they have a toy gun with a little orange so they fall and, off yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. well this is a, just an anecdotal thing in my life i've had three guns loaded guns pointed at me so i know the fear of the, the amazing you know your life flashes before your eyes Oh my god. Um, what so happened? Nothing was? obviously. Came I know of it. the Porchester, right? When you're Yeah, well, Porchester. Well, the worst one, and this is about the toy gun thing. When I went to college at drama school, there was an exercise of everyone had to get a gun, a toy gun, a pistol, and shoot if I if you are on campus. This was an exercise in spontaneity and improvisation, and if I pulled a gun on you first and went bang, you had to fall down and play dead wherever you were, the cafeteria, in the mall, Library, I mean, this was, so it was a big fun kind of thing going on, and the rest of the students were, you know, it was fascinating to watch people, you know, you get up after a minute. But I went to Chicago to visit a friend, and I took, um, my, no, actually, my friend took his toy gun with him, and we're on the subway, and he pulled out his little toy gun, and two guys jumped over the escalator, and grabbed us both, and put guns to our thing, and they were detectives, they were undercover detectives. And they said, and then they showed us their guns when it was all over. I mean, they slammed us against the wall. They oh the frisked us, the whole thing. Then they took out their guns and compared, and it was identical. Their 38th special looked exactly like the toy gun my friend was waving around. So, wow, you know, the impulse of that reaction, you know, was very powerful. I mean, for them as law enforcement, I mean, they're right. frightened,
2: it's terrifying for them as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, they could have shot an innocent person, right, and right. they pick it up, and it's a plastic gun, and oh. you know, whatever. So it was close. Well, we have a, yeah. <laughs> a minute yeah. left. I'm Did I'm any? Closed. We want to talk about what's the yeah, things coming, coming up? Or yeah, in, initiatives. We in have there. a
2: public mural project we're doing in Bridgeport that's going to be this summer, culminating in a sort of va- unveiling of a public mural. In September, and that's really trying to engage the youth of Bridgeport um, in learning how to make art and use art as a way to share their ideas, become activists, um, in this case, about sort of gun violence yeah. prevention. And that's and with Jermaine West and Darcy oh, yeah.
3: Hicks, and then a group of Bridgeport artists that will be mentoring. The, uh, the kids, who are really teenagers, and that's through Neighborhood Studios and then the CHAMP program. But yes. we, and we're trying to engage all the f- you know former partners wherever we can. So it's connect us, you know, there'll be on, ongoing
2: events. Uh, and people can excited. find
1: you on unload.org. Oh, Unload right? USA, unloadusa.org. Yeah, uh, dot uh, uh, org. yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. and
2: we have Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah. Unload USA is our Instagram. Handle. Hi. Handle. And uh, Unload Foundation is our Facebook. Yes, thank you
1: wow. All right. So thank, you. Thank, thank you. you. Yes. Thank you. a lot. Thank you very
3: Thanks. much. It's really all right.